Two stories out of time and space. This is a bonus episode, and as usual, I'm Scott, and usually I'm joined by Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? I'm keeping it real, cowboy. How about you? I'm not too bad. That's right. We are jumping aboard the Bebop, and we are going to be talking about the Netflix series Cowboy Bebop. And uh, this is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Cowboy Bebop came out recently, sort of November, I think, ten episodes. Uh, an adaptation of the original uh, anime that came out in the late 90s, I think 98, uh, starring uh, John Cho, uh, Mustafa Shakir, uh, Daniela Panida, uh, Elena Sante, uh, Alex Hassel. Uh, that's about it, really, for the main cast, I suppose. And, yeah, let's let's start with a simple one, as we usually do. I'm not going to do a plot, because it's 10 episodes, and if you know the anime, you know the story. Um but uh, let's do a basic concept. Um, so I think the uh, basic concept is, is uh, set in the future. Cowboys are bounty hunters. Um, and they go on to different missions. And the, the main cast are made up of three individuals that live aboard the Bebop, which is uh, Jet Black's ship. He's a former uh, cop. Um, Spike Spiegel, formerly known as Fearless who was a member of the syndicate and Faye Valentine, who is unknown what, who she was before this, uh, was resuscitated from cryo sleep and all have become bounty hunters. Uh, and the story takes them against uh, all kinds of lunatics across, across the galaxy, but also ends up taking them against vicious who was uh, Spike Spiegel's partner when he was part of the syndicate. And their love, or the, the sort of the love triangle between them two and Julia, which ends yeah, in well done. I think that's that's a sort of in a nutshell. Yeah, and in the anime, um, they also have you know Radical Ed, who's this sort of uh, young girl who's a hacker, um, mm. and in both they have you know Ein the dog. Uh, so there's a little more of an ensemble in the anime, but um, yeah, I mean, for me. You know, this this has really polarized critics, this live action one. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, there's a it, it's already been canceled by Netflix. Um, but there's a petition to uh, give it a season two that has, you know, all, like over 50,000 signatures. And then there's a separate petition to make sure that it doesn't get a season <laughs> two that has, you know, tens of thousands of people, too. Mm. So this is really polarized people. Mm. And I think I'm on the positive side and you're on the negative side, if I'm if I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've both watched all episodes and I'm not going to say it's all bad. Like, it's not all terrible. Um, however, I do think one of the things that you and I sort of discussed this a little bit off air and stuff is this highlights 
interesting ideals about adapting one thing to another medium. So this obviously goes from anime to live action. And the same goes for adapting comics or books and stuff. It's this thing of, you know, if you do a faithful adaptation, is that the best thing? Or do you have to change it up for the medium that you're approaching? Um, and to me, that's where this sort of fails in that respect. But let's start, let's start with the positives before I start sort of like, you know, pooping all over it. So... What what we what, what you you've got some general well you've got positive you're you are coming out you enjoyed this so what is it you enjoyed yeah. about this? I think it's a lot of fun and I, and I think that um, well you know I mean this inevitably gets into an idea of adaptation I mean I think on its own if this did not have the comparison to the anime people would say this is a lot of fun the acting performances are great I don't mm. know what the hell people are talking about when they say it looks cheap. I watched the whole of that Mark Miller uh, superhero show on Netflix. Uh, I thought that looked cheap, especially in comparison to like the boys on Amazon Prime. This looks Cowboy Bebop on Netflix looks expensive to me. The ship, the ships look great. Uh, yes, there's not the interiors look great. It looks designed really well. Yes, there's not enough exterior shots of like, you know, the colony is seen from space. They don't go to Earth, unlike in the in the anime. I do think that would give it more of a sense of of the universe and, and how this mm. whole thing works. But um, but I think it looks good. I think it's fun. And I compared it to sort of like um, uh, was it um, is it Hong Kong Hustle? Mm -hmm. um, oh, uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle. Thank you. You know, mm. in, in that sense of just like you know. It's it's wacky, it's over the top, and I think that it it you know fixes some of the problems of the anime, while not carrying over some stuff that you know is good and that people want. But mm. I think if it weren't attached to the anime, it would be reviewed a lot better. I I definitely agree with that. I I, I do definitely agree. No, I, I I I'm not one of those that's beholden to the anime. Like I, I've watched the anime and I enjoy it. Like I, I thoroughly enjoy the anime. But if they make a good adaptation, like I was actually really excited for this. Like watching the trailers, there was a tra there was a trailer for this that they utilised um, the screen divide, so that you know they were pushing the screen divide like back and forth, and they were going from scene to scene, and then eventually sort of uh, Spike grabs the scene divide and it uses it as a sort of a bow staff, and like I was like. This looks cool. Like that look, that's a great trailer. Like that was I was really hyped for this. And then I started to watch it. And it felt like that thing about it looking cheap. I don't think it looks cheap. Um, but it looks very sort of everything looks like a set. You know, that and that was the problem I had. It's like, oh, they've gone from this room to this room. You know, like everything felt closed in. That was the one thing I'd say about this show. It felt very closed in. Like, you know, there was no, um, you know, nothing felt. And, and whenever they were outside, for the most part, you know, it was it was it was dark. Um, well, it's, it's streets, and so it's blocked by other buildings. Exactly. And that's the like exterior shot thing, right? Like you don't have as yes. much of a sense of place. No, it always felt like it was on a set. Um, and that's not always a bad thing. That's not always, you know, that's not always a um, terrible because you said that like, the interior of the ships and stuff and the club, 
like the clubs they go to and some other places look great. Like, you know, we've talked recently about sort of like set designers and, and uh, set construction. It all looks good, but it needs, to, for me, it needs to be, uh, that needs to be one element. And then I want to see them sort of like in a wide open space. Like I want to see that sense of scope or that sense of scale. Like, you know, um, and I think you, you obviously get that, weirdly, you get that better from the anime because you can do that in, in animated right. shows. You can show those things. It's easier to do. Um, but yeah, that just that was one. It felt a little claustrophobic in that sense. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair criticism. Um, and and like I said, I mean, you know, it's it's a weird world anyway. I mean, yeah. The thing is, like, it's set in a world that's not in the too distant future, where humanity has colonized well, basically, you know, most of the planets of the solar system and, you know, moons, but has these little colonies with very little central government oversight. Mm-hmm. And there is a central government, but there's also tons of crime. And one of the ways they accommodate this is with the system of, of bounty hunters, of cowboys, uh, who are sort of necessary but reviled. Yeah. All of this, I have given, like, more of a complete description than either the anime or the live action show does. So, you know, I mean, I I think ultimately a lot of it comes down to whether it just works for you, whether the timing works, whether the acting performances work, whether the banter works. And I think way more often than not, it works on the show for me. The live action. Yeah, for you. I mean, you know, there's, there's things in this, and I'm trying. To, I'm going to think of examples. You know, we talked the thing that you carry over. What do you carry over from the anime? And again, we'll talk about the main cast uh, in a minute. But I've got I've got very little bad to say about them. In in all honesty, but there's things like so in the sh- in the, in the anime. There's this sort of uh, re- reoccurring gag of there's like a TV show um, mm-hmm. where there's sort of like these cow. There's a you know this blonde. Um, curvy sort of you know character with big boobs, and then this sort of like this black guy are sort of like pronouncing and declaring who the bounty are for today, and sort of like you know that will sort of set them off, usually sometimes on their mission. And they try and translate that to um, what so the thing is when you watch it on the anime, you can get away with this weirdness, you know, animated shows in general, like you can get away with a level of weirdness that like you don't have to go. Someone's producing that TV show. Like someone's mm. casting that. Someone's working on that. Like, you, don't, you don't care. You don't think about that. But I mean, the, the show inside the show. When you watch it live action and you see that they are watching this program where they're announcing the bounties and stuff, like, and again, they have her sort of like, you know, not as scantily clad as she is in, in the anime, but like this character and stuff. And you're like, yeah, none of this is like, that whole thing like just doesn't work. And this this show that seems peppered with those moments where I'm like, I think I'm about to get into it. I think I'm about to settle into it. And then there's something like that where I'm like, yeah, no, that doesn't just, just doesn't work for me. Like this is one of those things where they should have just gone, cut that. Like, that doesn't look good in in live action. Like cut that or translate it into something else. I think there are ways of doing it and making it work a little better. I don't think that it doesn't work. Um, I don't think that it works, but I but I don't think that it you know pulls me out of it in the way that does you Mm. um you know i know what you're saying i mean obviously but i think there's a double standard here and the double standard is like in animation you don't ask these questions yeah i i mean sometimes i don't 
I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I probably am less inclined to ask those questions in anime, but I ask those questions. And that's one reason why I always have fights with my with my buddies who, you know, are more forgiving of anime. And I'll, I'll watch this stuff and I'll be like, yeah, but this, you know, like who's making that broadcast? You know, like who is this? How does this run? Well, it doesn't matter. It's fun. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't get to not ask those questions because it's anime. And I get it. Some worlds aren't fleshed out. Some mm. worlds, you know, that's fine in in any medium. Uh, I'm not saying every world has to have a, a you know, a secret origins special explaining everything behind it. Yeah. But um, but I don't think it's fair to ask that question of live action if you have not also a- asked it in anime, except to say that the anime, I mean, anime tends to be more exaggerated and Mm -hmm. you can get Mm -hmm. away with that in cartoons it's harder if everybody acted that way in live action it'd be like oh my god what's going on you know yeah but But that's the sense sense of the medium isn't it and this is what i mean by adaptation it's like you you get you get sort of like um gimmies for every medium because you know, let's take comics or superhero comics. Like the way that they do, and this is this is an odd one to me. And I'm going to throw a weird one in there because I've been thinking about this recently. Um, when you draw a superhero, right? We have we have now had it sort of stopped pretty much that you don't give melon-sized breasts to sort of every female superhero, which is great because it's sort of it's ridiculous. And then they're sort of like the figure hawk from a thing. However. We still do get like you know every pretty much every male character still got like you know chest popping pecs and and sort of like six packs and all well defined and stuff and you go right well it's a bit of a you know firstly that's a bit of a um, contradiction but you know you look at that and you go oh, look you know they go oh, look at like Jim Lee drawing Batman and all the muscle definition you go right yeah that does not you couldn't do that in in live action like it looks ridiculous. You'd look like Adam West if it was just that. That you need like the Batman suit from, um, what's it? Uh, um, Batman and Robin. You, you know. Yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, which is or, or the sort of yeah the the type of one that they had for um, Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman, mm. like the sculpted one. It has to be this sculpted suit, and you go right, fine, okay, that's what it is, because you know you because when you do translate it directly. You accept it in comics. You completely accept that this grey shirt with a bat symbol on it clings to Bruce Wayne in such a way that it defines his entire sort of physique in this way. And you accept it and you move on. I don't accept it. I don't accept that in comics. Um, You know, I mean, I, you know, I am constantly bothered by that. Mm. I am constantly bothered by, you know, Nightwing jumping off buildings and, and, you know, or Batman, you know, like grabbing a flagpole. Yeah, you know, you just fell 60 feet and grab your arm <laughs> just got ripped off. Um, you know, and the women might be uh, less uh, well endowed than they used to be, but they still look like they weigh 100 pounds. And you're probably not going to flip, you know, uh, 10 guys in combat, you know, uh, armor. You know, if you weigh 100 pounds, you know, judo can only take you so far. Hmm. I mean, all of these tropes of the medium, these are just 
tropes of of genre and tropes of stylized depiction. There's plenty of superhero comics that don't do that stuff. No, no, but, but, yeah, but, but let's say the, but the majority do. They're the st- and you say they're the tropes. They are the stylistic yeah. tropes of the genre, of the medium. Because then you translate those to uh, animation and you lose some of that. Like they go, okay, well, in animation, we're going to draw them in a different way. Like you get, you know, Tim, um, what's it, Tim's... Um, the Batman animated series or the of the nineties or yeah yeah Bruce Timms yeah and then you know or you get something some of these other series where they go okay they're going to do them stylistically but in a completely different way and you don't get that and again you then accept other tropes because it's in animation you know um and the same with I say with anime like you know anime like you say it's a cultural thing that that the sort of the animation and the sort of stories of anime. Um, are exaggerated and they have this sort of there are certain tropes that come out of those and stylistic things and you accept them because it's part of the culture it's part of that sort of anime culture whether it be in the manga or then in the animated sort of anime so fine but if you're then going to adapt that to live action then and i i have to admit i've watched a couple of anime um live action adaptations i watched the death note one and there was a full metal not full metal, um yeah full metal alchemist uh, and a couple of others and i was like right none of them seem to none of them really work for me for the same reason because they sort of go well, we've got to keep we've got to now introduce these grand elements but we want to keep this from the anime and the things they want to keep are always mm. these slightly exaggerated elements when you go and it comes out of nowhere and you go you can do that in the animation because that's the culture, that's the expectation, that's the trope. You can't then apply it to it. And, and I think that Bebop does it less than some of the others, mm-hmm. but still has it where they want to go certain route. And every now and then it's like, it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, you sort of, you have to make these choices. Um I think that, you know, there are ways like with the uh, TV broadcast where, you know, I mean, one of the things that's really apparent is, you know, I mean, Faye Valentine in the anime looks like a, you know, manga character. Yeah. Uh, Super, super skimpy, unbelievably long legs. You know, literally, she's in the same scene with Jet Black, who's got like full body armor. And you're like, you know, aren't you cold? You know, and and she's presented as a competent person who's flying around, but yet, you know, is wearing this. And that's a that's a sort of trope of a lot of anime and, and manga, not all of it. But, you know, they have to tone that down for live action, especially today. The same thing's true on that TV broadcast where, you know, I mean, part of the charm, if you find it charming of that TV broadcast is, you know, this sort of like ditzy uh, blonde girl with um, she's wearing a jacket that sort of is form fitting along her breasts, leaving Mm. them exposed in the middle. And, you know, I mean, that works aesthetically in the anime, but you can't do that in live action. And. So you have to make these kinds of decisions. I think they could speed it up kind of, you know, like Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet and do sort of like, you know, where you're sort of sped up and slow down and and sort of like distorting what you're seeing enough to make it seem wacky and work a little better than it does. But I mean, these are decisions that you have to make as you're adapting. But I don't think that I guess what what I'm rebelling against is the idea that um, 
you know, like we accept these tropes and that you then can't adapt those tropes to another medium because, you know, like when I watch a, an anime and I see two characters standing six feet apart and one jumps at the other one with a weapon and all of a sudden that person is in a tunnel of motion effects and that shot of them in that, you know, motion effect tunnel goes on for 30 seconds as they clear six mm -hmm. feet. I think, what the hell are you doing? This is a piece of crap. I refuse mm. to watch them. No, um, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I reject those, you know, not completely. I mean, I get it, but you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know that the yeah. original can get pardoned for no, stuff. No, you're right. That, There's still stuff, like you said, there's still stuff that is, is daft. Like you say, those sorts of things. Um, the certain times in, in anime, the exaggerations go too far. Like I've not seen, I've not done like deep dives into anime, so I couldn't speak to to everything. But there are ones, and like you say, that thing of sort of like you know, usually like massively exaggerated weapon, and then like you say, they start sprinting towards someone. So you do, you get that that motion effect, and you sat sat there going, I could have stepped out the way of this. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, and then the other one, the other one that does bother me is then they, they'll do an action, like a punch or a shot or a, a, a sword swipe or whatever, and it cuts to slow mo of them sort of having committed the, you know, the, the action, and then the the, the event is like in the head popping off in slow mo. That gets overused quite a lot as well. So there are, I agree, there are ones that sort of are either overused or don't really, you know, are, are a bit daft in even in even in their original medium. But that tells you that you look at it and go, right, well, we shouldn't be doing that in the live action. Mm -hmm. And they don't. Um, and so they're, 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 just the point is, I think, and I think like I say, I'm trying to think, the show is one example. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the, if the, 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 there were others. Um, well, Ed, Radical Ed, in the last couple of seconds of the show, was the one where I was like, I'm so, so glad they didn't introduce this at any point earlier in the show because it looks like a Nickelodeon show is sort of like puked up into the sort of cowboy bebop. And I'm like, I've no, why is that? Why is this happening now? Like, it looks awful. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree completely. Um, I mean, that is, you can't do radical ed without you know, being exaggerated like that, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's intrinsic to the character. And yet it does not work in live action. Um, it, and it, it, I mean, maybe there's a way of doing it, but it doesn't work, uh, you know, in those last uh, that last minute or so. Um, and I think they made a good decision not to include mm. Radical Ed mm -hmm. earlier. Um, you know, I mean, this is a streamlined plot. I mean, the, the other thing that they do that's smart, even though, you know, you and I don't think the actor who plays Vicious, he I mean, he's in a different movie. He's in a different show <laughs> yeah. than the other characters. Yeah, oh yeah. He is over the top and, you know, he he's just not in the same universe. I quite I quite like, uh, you know, I think Jet Black steals the show. Spike is very good. I think he is very cool in this. He's about as cool as you could expect. Um you know, a live action version to be. And I think, you know, people who think every shot in the original is, is cool and, you know, defining of cool are full shit. But, um, you know, they make decisions that I think improve the narrative structure of the show, of the series as a whole, but also of some of those episodes. Um, 
you know, having Vicious there in the present, having it centered around that sort of love triangle with Julia, not all of it works because, again, mm-hmm. you know, we're not in love with Vicious. But, you know, they get rid of Vicious's ridiculous bird, you know, who's yeah. hanging on his shoulder. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't even work in the anime. No, um, it doesn't. That's that's a good that's a good that's a good example of things when you do watch the anime and you're like, yeah, like you know, you said like, you know, I don't ask questions about the TV show of the Cowboys, but I do. I, I am asking questions of like, how does he carry this bleeding thing around like all the time? Like, it makes no sense. Um, to set, just let, let's focus on some of his characters. You say about like you know, uh, Mustafa Shakir who plays Jet Black. Like he he does he nails it. Like he is absolutely you know he is to me the standout character of, of, of this show he carries the heart he carries the sort of like you know he's, he's perfectly gruff um he's you know that his uh the relationship with him and his daughter and his ex-wife and that that sort of thing of mm. you know is is brilliantly well played out right up until the end uh that final part of like you know when he sees his daughter going off with um this you know her stepfather and his you know, mother like is is heartbreaking like they've done that really well like they've constantly built that up that they've built him up, like he builds a relationship with his daughter, and this sort of like you know family's lost, and then tear it away at the last minute. So you're just like, oh, you bastards! That you know that's <laughs> that's well done. Um, when it starts, like I felt John Cho was fine. Like, he never gets that cool, mm. and I think I think a, a, a part of it is because I like John Cho. I think he's done some really good stuff, and there are bits in this when he is cool. But then there's other bits when it's sort of like it feels too much. A bit like with other things, this, you say about that exaggeration. A little bit like someone's nudging me in the ribs and saying, "Isn't he cool? Hey, hey, isn't he cool? Look how cool he is. Look at that. He's cool. He's going to do this now." It constantly felt like it was trying to tell me how cool he is. But don't you um, think those moments are there in the uh, anime? Not. As much it feels weirdly more natural in the anime than it does in this, um, and uh, maybe because um, the sh- the anime moves a different pace, and this is something else I think to realize is that the anime is twenty six episodes or twenty eight maybe. This is ten, and so like the show can do things like you said. Like the- there are episodes of the show where like it's just. Like there's barely any plot. Like just something happens, and then it's sort of like so you get to have those cool moments where it's just like Spike being cool. Like, you know, there's nothing much more to it. So you get to build up that idea over time. So when it does eventually become the showdown at the end of the anime, like it seems like more of a payoff. With this, it's sort of like it's got to keep reminding you this is who he is because we've only got ten episodes. So we've got to get you've got to get to that point for this to work. Um, and I don't know so th- that I that I agree with that. I mean, I, I I think that there are so like you said. I mean, there are so many shots in the anime just of Spike, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that are that are sort of like yeah, nothing happens, you know. But 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 I would say is that one of the problems the anime has, and the anime gets so much better as it goes along. I mean, those just, first yeah, yeah. four episodes are like you know they've got a good idea for an episode, but they have no idea how to tell a story. Uh, I mean, those narratives just collapse terribly upon themselves. It, it's one of those shows um, that doesn't it doesn't fall into place till all the characters sort yeah. of arrive. Yeah, and 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 it gets. I mean, even but even just the basic nuts and bolts of telling a story, they don't mm. know how to do when they start. And you have like a ship appears out of nowhere, and you're like, how did yeah. they get that? What are they doing again? You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, 
But, you know, you said about, like, the pacing. I feel like the anime, you know, will, like, slow down time, and you'll have, like, ten minutes in which nothing happens. And this is true especially of the early episodes. But you'll have, Mm -hmm. like, ten minutes in which nothing happens, and it's mostly just shots and some characters bantering or whatever. And then all of a sudden, in the next two minutes, like, they grab a ship, the ship gets blown up, the ship crashes, and, you know, and you're like, you know, it's like they decided, oh, now we got to bother to tell the story and they cram it all together. I think that, you know, so so even talking about like the pacing, you're right. I mean, it's a different structure. I mean, it is 26 episodes, which are half hour episodes. So mm. really, it's 13 hours versus 10, you know. Mm. So, I mean, it's not that different, but I don't know. I mean, I it is more compressed on the show, but I, I feel like it has a more consistent pacing. Uh, and I think that is to its to its better. There are episodes that I think could need more. You know, the the food stuff needs more time and needs more budget and is a yeah. episode, especially compared to the anime. But yeah. that said, I I do think that the show, right from that first episode, it, it it has a certain pace that it follows. It has those cool moments, like it, it can take a little breather, but then it's on until you know pushing you forward in the yeah. narrative. Yeah, right, let me give it. Yeah, I know. I... I'd say the narrative. I'm not. I'm saying the narrative pace is different. I wouldn't say either is better or worse. I think they fit for what they're trying to do. I agree with the with those opening couple of episodes of the anime. They are very clunky and it doesn't sort of catch its groove until probably sort of five or six in. Um, an example though of one of those things that sort of irritated me, and I don't know why, and I might explain it some more. There's a in one of the early episodes. There's a fight scene and they're on the roof of a of a building. And um, during the fight, Spike is kicked against like a, the back of a, placa- a placard or something that's like a, a promotional thing on a building. And Jet chooses to save him rather than go after the bounty. So he catches Spike, and then it sort of has this shot of him. And like there was a, there was a series of adverts for c- uh, for cigars when I was younger. Um, uh, and it was about how smooth they are. And it had this music sort of like it was a use of classical music. To sort of like you say how good they were, um, I can't remember the name of them, but I remember the music. And then so when Spike hanging upside down against this wall, then sort of starts like smoking a cigarette, and he's like, "What are you?" And the Spike Jet's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm waiting for you to pull me up." And that just felt like one of this moment, like this almost feels like a ridiculous advert where I'm like, you know, even in the worst situation, Marvel <laughs> sees through. Like it, it just felt like that. That felt like it's one of those things where I'm pretty sure if, I, if I'm that may even be in the anime, but for somehow I'd be like, and I can't explain this, and I, I can't, I'm I'm not going to make an excuse for myself, but I could see that in the anime and go, that works in a cartoon for some reason. Like I can laugh at that in a cartoon, but for some reason the way that the tone is set and the way the scene is set up, like I'm not. It looks like a silly advert in live action and i don't know why it is but that's that it's when i'm chuckling in the wrong for the wrong reason i'm like mm, you you've missed that this one's a miss and there's a couple of scenes like that that but then there's others that work like where well, it's silly where i'm like i mean i'm glad that you isolated on that scene because that scene not only worked for me but i would say it is a nine or ten out of ten right. um I mean, I love that scene. I was already sold on the series. I was already enjoying the series. Um, you know, my complaints are sort of from a narrative standpoint of like, you know, 
how Jet Black has gotten there. You know, like in real life, you don't have the time to make these decisions. And, you know, but that's part of the, the story, right? And mm. that narrative moment. At the same time, Jet Black is is getting this uh, uh, toy for his daughter that he's carrying through and it keeps getting shot up and, you yeah. know, and, it, and it's quite funny and all that stuff works. But it climaxes on the roof of the building as he goes for Spike to save him and the toy falls sort of like in slow motion to the ground below and it's already been screwed up. But I'm like, I love this shot. This is a good shot. This is entertaining. And he grabs Spike. And, and the way that it's shot with sort of um, Spike's head upside down, you know, a- against the brick. And like, I mean, it's like, what am I looking at? It's so bizarre. It's visually intoxicating. I'm so sold on that scene. <laughs> and and I think that is a cooler moment for Spike. Yes, I know what you're saying. I mean, there's the whole discussion of, you know, presenting cigarettes is cool, and it reminds me. Oh no, you that, that's not that's not my but... that's not my advert. It, that, no, I think smoking, like being presented, is cool. It's fine. It was just the tone of that moment felt corny. Is the is is the word I'm looking for? It felt corny. You say the stuff about Jet and the the doll. That bit I was fine with. I actually enjoyed that, and I like again like Jet Black's frustration is like you know it gets it gets shot at it gets it catches on fire <laughs> so by the time he gets up the top like it's wrecked and he's sort of like he spent like 35 grand on this one doll for his daughter <laughs> um so I, I was like fine with all that bit it's just yeah this bit felt corny at the end and I think corny is probably where I'm coming from in some of this it felt mm. cheesy or too you know not, not even campy it's just it's because camp is something else. This was corny, it's cheesy, but in like a, you know, mm, I'm not quite gelling with this. However, there are moments when that seems to work. You know, there's other scenes where, again, like another scene where I'm umming and ahhing, though, is in a later episode, uh, they're looking for some reception so that Jet can attend his daughter's recital. Mm, mm-hmm. So he goes to a post office, and there's some funny moments in that. Um, he obviously goes to the recital. He sort of projects himself there through a hologram. And you can see it. Not going to worry. You know, this is more. I'm like, I'm not going to worry about how this works. That how can he see this thing? You know, mm-hmm. see the recital. But he does, and he's waving at his daughter. And the guy in the post office thinks he's waving at him, and that sort of thing. That was all fine. But there's also this big fight going on in the background where, like, Spike is trying to keep it. You know, keeps Jet out of it. But he's obviously fighting all these guys. And again, like, I'm watching and going, like, this is sort of working. I'm like, you know, like, I'm enjoying this bit. So, you know, why didn't something else mm. work for me? Do you know what I mean? So, like, what's, what's funny is I was going to bring up that same scene as, and, as another example of like, that is working on all cylinders. Yeah. Like, I, I love the shot of, you know, what you see is, you know, you see sort of uh, jet black uh, against these windows, and he, you know, that he's in this virtual world. And he's attending to this while in the background, you're watching Spike get beat up and people yeah. are being thrown around, and, you know, and it's obviously like this great fight scene done to the nines, mm. you know, uh, you know, where you imagine Spike is worried about surviving yeah. um, and, and this carnage just happened. And, and that's we've seen that kind of shot a lot of times in a lot of different movies. Yeah. yeah. But damned if it doesn't work. Oh, it um, does. It works here. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh, I know what you're saying, like the the sort of hanging upside down cigarette. But I mean, I would say that's that is a better example of cool of Spike Spiegel, you know, than you know, uh, probably 
you know, I'd put that in the top 5% of, of anything in the anime or in the live action. So both of those things worked for me. Mm. And one of them worked for you. Yeah, yeah. And that was the thing. Like, there's throughout it, there's things that seem to work and others just didn't. And there was that sort of... And for the, it's for all characters. Like, Jet has those moments where I'm like... When Jet Bat Black goes and meets with his old partner and there's that whole episode and it's obviously that's a replay of the, of the anime episode, like, I'm digging most of that. Like, that feels like a good episode, again. And there's some moments. But then... um. I'm trying to think. There's an there's an episode where, uh, basically, whenever Jet has to act like a parent mm. for 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 um, uh, Faye and Spike, again, like it feels not. It's not so. It's forced. It just doesn't seem to always work, you know. And it's that sort of thing of like, okay, I get it. This is a bit like a running gag. Like he's the parent, like the grumpy parent of these two kids. But like it, it just seems to sort of like I don't know. It's it's that thing of like, I don't know. You know, the chemistry for that doesn't always work, <clears throat> and so it feels a little corny. Where I'm like, I'm not supposed. Are you going for a joke here? Is it supposed to be humorous? Am I supposed? Is it supposed to be, you know, emphasizing some drama? Like I'm not entirely sure how you're doing this. Um, and so there are these tonal moments. And the other thing is, you mentioned about vicious. And I'm going to be outright. I absolutely detest Vicious in this show. Like every time he's on screen, this show drops by points. Um, as you say, the actor's in a completely different show. Um, I hate whenever they ha- introduce like fright wigs. Like, and, and I know he's got white hair in the anime and stuff, but it looks bad. Um, he's he's like playing it he's panto villain throughout like it's it's really hammy and that doesn't help because every time you do go to him and the problem is it comes then then becomes by association because there are scenes where i do think uh spike looks cool one of the first ones is actually when he goes back to the the nightclub and i forget the actress's name but he sees the woman who runs the club and they have that drink and stuff like, and that's really well done. It, it's 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 very noir. It's done really well. It's shot wonderfully. Spike looks and acts cool. And that's one of the ones where I'm like that works. And then so he then all of a sudden like vicious interacts with them. And you're like, oh yes, that's right. They share, they share a linkage. And then when the show builds and you start to see the flashbacks of vicious and Spike when he was fearless, I'm just like, none of none of their interactions work. None of right. them. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's the whole ninth episode is like the classic yeah. sort of like penultimate episode flashback episode. Yeah. And I, I and I agree with you about that. I mean But that van makes me not give a monkeys about Julia or the love triangle. And that's another problem where it's that seems to be forming a crux. And I'm like, I don't care about this because this character's rubbish. Um and so like the chemistry's just not there that I'm not buying any of that. So I just don't there's a whole part of the show I'm just not interested in. Um, I mean, there's one episode, there's an episode I do like, which is cool, uh, which sort of sets this love thing up, which I kind of like, is where Spike gets trapped in this sort of endless AI loop. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and he's having to, and he's obviously, he's, he's constantly trying to get away with Julia. And it builds him, she keeps rejecting him. It's, it's basically this AI is mapping his personality and his brain or sort of stuff by doing these things. That was really cool because mm-hmm. it shows, like, okay, he is proper infatuated with this woman. Because he's doing it over and over and over again, like this groundhog kind of thing. And they, but they don't play up the, the and that was 
whilst that was good and there were some good good moments in that one of the things i thought was interesting that in a bad way was they clearly playing up the idea this is almost like a, a, a groundhog day situation like he's playing through the same scenario over and over again but they don't lean into or they expect them to they don't lean into the groundhog day tropes of like you know one two three that happens three four five six that happens you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing where they learn the sequence of events yeah. to get through it like you would with they the do a little game. bit of that i mean yeah but only like, they, yeah they he knows it, those things but he they, just bypasses them instead of yeah and so like you know but but instead of getting frustrated like you know they just go straight to that frustrated and bypass them so it, it's fine it's, it's not a bad episode i kind of like it all but that's when sort of like I thought of I was buying into that relationship or the love triangle. And then it sort of builds up a little more. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I can't buy into this. And then you learn all the flashbacks. I'm like, I really don't care. Um, no, I, I agree with you about all of that. Um, you know, I, and I think that. Yeah, I mean, really vicious is the weak link there. Episode nine, that flashback back episode. There's certain things that it shows and things that it doesn't. I mean, I think that episode to me more than any episode feels like you know what you were saying of like this is a set where you know there are certain shots of them together you know that you you don't get a feel for that relationship um because you just get a feel for this happened yeah right and and a lot of that is is vicious I agree. They're supposed to have been raised from kids together. They are supposed to be sort of like adoptive brothers, and they have no chemistry whatsoever. Like I never feel like they've had like decades together to become, you know, well, like this, this sort of this sort of you know odd sibling sort of partnership. I do like that the dynamic though. I mean, I like yeah. the sort of like vicious is the the son of the mobster who's kind of flies off the handle. And uh, Spike kind of, you know, as um, fearless, you know, sort of keeps him under control. I think that stuff works. But the Julia stuff, like, you know, it's sort of, I don't know, you know, maybe it's because Spike is playing it so cool. But, you know, I don't feel like, like, you know that Vicious is infatuated with her, but it might not be capable of love. It's just sort of like it goes through the motions of having yes. Spike be with her and them being in love. And you really get one short scene that establishes that. And it kind of works, but you don't really feel that they have that connection. It's a, it's an interesting one because th- this is one of those ones where I'm like the anime plays into it because they want to maintain um, Spike's cool. You know, this idea of him being the cool one, this, you know. But really, what it should be, like you say, this is where his cool should slip. Mm-hmm. Like he's so in love with the the cool edge should slip, um, and you get like you know almost an awkwardness or show him being sort of a bit bumbling or whatever. Not not ridiculously so, but just enough to show that the Julia has an impact on who he is, and they have none of that. Like it just feels like you know they're trying to do this. Th- th- that whole that whole episode, the flashback episode. All, I thought about Sin City. Mm-hmm. It made me think of Sin City in, in, a, in a monochrome kind of way, not because of the suits of them, but just in a very that sort of like they're going for this noir thing, but it's almost like a stylistic noir, and it just it just felt like too much, like too corny. And the thing I say about Julia again, like she, the actress again, this is again this thing about tone, like Vicious is going for something. The guy who plays Vicious, he's going for something completely the wrong thing, like a completely different show, like you know, not sure what show he's on, probably like Doctor Who if I'm honest, but. 
um his eyebrows got a check of their own i think um but so he he does all these things but at least he's conveying i, I will give him credit he when when you find out that like he is the son of one of the elders of, of the syndicate and stuff like his anger and frustration yes it's hammy and it's ramped up but at least i'm getting something from that um so i i appreciate that and i like the concept however all this twisting and turning of the love relationship we'll get to this because we we'll get to julia what are your thoughts on the twist at the end about like her wanting to then become uh, the uh, leader well, of the syndicate can, can we table that for just a minute um, okay because i mean i there i i there's a lot to say about the the difference between the two and the ending mm. um you know i i did want to say about these relationships i'm not sure that i buy you know spike's love for julia in the anime either um no you know but one thing that this was a choice of the netflix series is to you you were talking about sort of jet black being you know the father figure in some ways or at least the mature figure mm. um and that's true in the anime too yeah, yeah. But it's done quite well in the Netflix series. Mm -hmm. One thing that the Netflix series clearly chose to do is to sort of age these characters a little and have them really be haunted by their past. So, and, and this is true in the anime, but they're not old enough to really be haunted by anything. <laughs> yeah. You never really buy that they're haunted in the, in the anime. Um, here it's like they're all a little older um maybe not quite middle-aged but certainly you know they've lived a life mm. they have baggage and all of them have this sort of past life that they've lived whether it's you know spike as uh, a mobster that he's hiding from you know jet black jet black as a cop Faye as whatever she was before she got put in suspended animation um, so there's this idea of sort of like, it's almost done like reincarnation, mm. but, the, but the idea is that all of them are haunted by something. And I think they, and, and that becomes a through line because of the narrative choice of having grounding vicious in that first episode and having this sort of secret between Spike and, and Jet Black. And I think that sense of weight of guilt of being haunted by your past, um, is it's implicit in the anime, but the anime never wants to dig into it. And I yeah. think that this version digs into it, and I think by and large is successful doing so. Oh, yeah, I, I would say this the second half of the show does that better. Like, I think you're right. And you say about sort of Fabian, um, um, uh, what's it in stasis, frozen, whatever. Um, there's more to it than that, though, because obviously she was one of the things I like about this is the fact that and it's in the anime as well. She's unfrozen illegally, like she's mm -hmm. resuscitated illegally and basically to be defrauded out of whatever she has. Um, and in this one, there's a there's another character that did it and you get to meet her, this woman who claimed to be her mother, who's a con artist, but then also sort of taught in doing so, taught Faye something. So there's even more like alluded to and stuff. And she's great. Like. That's another episode where I'm like, yeah, that that was a really fun episode, where you know they're transporting this this um, woman and she's been chased down by this mad arms dealer, but then it turns out to be basically like a prelude to it's like a prelude to sex mm. game, 
it was, like, yeah, it was all it was all a sort of like BDSM, uh, yeah. you know, scenario. They have yeah. a safe world. They even have a safe world. You know, no, it's and quite, people it's have quite, died quite, quite well done. Yeah, yeah that, that that was all quite quite fun, and that's funny, and that's where I'm like, that was one of the only episodes I was like, oh no, the humor in this that episode works. Like it all felt like that was one of those episodes where I was like, oh, it all seems to have fallen in place. You know, when she makes the noodles and all this other stuff, and she's sort of like charming Jet and 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 Spike, all that felt good. Like I'm like, I'm getting this, I'm digging into this. Phase working really well. Like that's the only episode I was like, that's probably my favorite episode of because it just seems to work. Other than, um, I would say there are parts of the finale that I think work really well. But so I'm watching that, and I think this was the problem. When I'm watching that episode, and I'm going, things are working here. Like the humor seems to be firing. I'm I'm getting this like the vibe from everything. And then I go, so why aren't other things, why aren't other episodes doing the same? And I think that was the problem for overall. I'm like, I'm up and down, I'm up and down, I'm up and down. And then I go, ugh, I just I'm, it's not consistent enough for me to agree that this is good. Yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, I, I do think that there is some subjectivity for sort of what works. Um, mm. And maybe I, I don't know, maybe I have, you know, a little more Asperger-y, like, uh, tendencies where I'm like, I see what you were going for. It has worked adequately. I, I am, <laughs> I am, my, my charmed meter is enough that, you know, I'm not, I mean, I, I mentioned I just watched the. 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. last night. I've never seen it before. There are a lot of little quips in there that are supposed to be sort of like teenage quips that just do not work. And <laughs> that are just sort of like, that's cringeworthy. Yeah. Um, but I tend to have but, you know, I don't know. I mean, they don't they don't kick me out. They don't bother me the same degree that they seem to other people. I mean, it, it's like maybe that weird brain of mine is like, I see the gears behind this and I see what you did there. And I don't expect any of it to work the way it does for a normal human being or to kick them me out as much as it does for a normal human being. So I don't know. Um, but I mean, definitely. I don't know. I mean, I like I like the, um, you know, uh, Tim Burton, uh, you know, um, Willy Wonka movie. Mm. Um you know, and there are parts that don't work, but I see what it's doing and it doesn't all fit together as a movie. And I like that it goes for things, even if I think this it's like 25 percent doesn't work. Yeah. So maybe I'm a little more forgiving if there's a visual panache or a, especially if there's a visual panache involved or, a, you know, something like that. I, I know what you're saying. And I, and I, and I can agree for some things. And I, I think I can see what you're saying about this. Because moment to moment, like, there are moments I really like in this show. Again, going back to an early episode, when they take on that guy uh, who's the bomber, and then they take him on, on his ship, and he's got that big teddy bear head on. Mm. And they can't understand him because he's got he's all muffled because in the bear. Like, that's funny. Like that, because I, I can't remember if they in the show, in the anime, they have the same thing, but you can understand him perfectly. So, like, again... But they've made so they've made a choice there. Like we're translating this to live action, so we're going to have a a gag about this this uh, giant bear head. Like and it, it works. And again, like so, I mean that moment, I'm like, it's good. And then I think like then you get to the another bit. And I'm like, this bit's not working. And it's sort of it's that. And 
as we're talking through this, one of the things I am I'm thinking about, and this is a problem with Netflix, I'm thinking about other shows. Um, I'm thinking Buffy the Vampire Slayer or uh, The X-Files or Red Dwarf. We've even talked Red Dwarf. Shows where you go and watch season one and you go, a lot of this doesn't quite work. Mm. Like, I'm getting a vibe, which I get from sort of Bebop, and I'm going like, but this show doesn't quite work. And I'm thinking, no, but season two or season three are really good. <laughs> yeah. Because it found its feet. Like, it steps out of its shadow. It steps out of something and becomes its own thing. Like, it finds it goes, okay, we've seen what doesn't work. Now we're going to massively lean into what does work. And so I'm thinking... And this is where I'm sort of going. I didn't like. It's not that I hated. I don't. I didn't fall into that bucket of going like I absolutely hated it. But I am now looking at it and going, this is one of those shows, isn't it? Like mm. if this has been done on like network or even on cable, and they're done a season and gone right, we're going to give it a second go. This could have been something great. Yeah, and I think part of the problem is that adapting. And here we can get into the ending. I mean, adapting. Um, this anime. I mean, one of the things that's great about the anime, um, and it's true about you know Space Dandy, which I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of, and we will that, talk about one day. Oh God, please! Yeah. Um, is that uh, they're not intended to run forever, and that's yes. one of the things that Cowboy Bebop does really well. Is that it was you know 26 episodes. There's a movie set late mm-hmm. in that series, but you know it ends with Spike's dead. And he's not coming back. Um, you know, he's dead. They went somewhere. They took it as far as they wanted to take it. And it's not intended to run forever. Yeah, it's a and closed that, story. The, the, the beep, Cowboy is a closed story. And that's a good but idea. It's a, but it's a very episodic story. I mean, yeah, and yeah. I think that to make the Netflix series, they found that through line. They added the sense of gravitas or, you know, uh, guilt or, or whatever. I agree with you. The vicious stuff doesn't work. I mean, I think episode nine is fine. I, I like that it's there. I like what it's doing. It just doesn't work in places. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem that you're describing is like, yes, you're right. I mean, in retrospect, you, you could maybe you could have edited this a little differently or spent the money a little differently. But seasons two or three could have that charm. But not only are you not going to get a season two or three because it's canceled, but uh, presumably will stay that way. But also it's told the story by the end of the final yeah, episode, right? But it, well, no, it has no, has it? Because And this is where this show differs. You're right. And also, because I want to talk about the final episode. Yeah, let's do it. So let's get into the final episode. So the final episode, so basically we've been building. So there has been this through line. This plot has been... Uh, the plot through it, well, the through plot basically is Spike's plot. Is that he was before he was Spike Spiegel, he was uh, a mobster. He worked for the syndicate as as fearless, and he was partnered with Vicious. Um, which again, I know it's in the is that in the yeah, Vicious is in there? Is it is it is he called Fearless in the anime? I can't remember. Um, I can't remember, but um, it felt to me a little bit like those names it was like that's like a dick tracy villain you know sort of like it's a bit too much yeah I mean, vicious is a terrible name too i mean yeah, you know, know, every, you know when goons call him vicious i'm like 
Yeah. Dude, you work for a boss you call vicious, okay? Yeah. Like, time to check out. I mean, even a scene of two goons saying that, like, is that, yeah. is that his real name? Like, no, no, his real name's Jeff, but he just likes to be called Vicious. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so that's the through line. Like, you know, he has his former life. He's moved on. He wanted to run away with uh, Julia. That was they were going to set up. Yeah, Spike and, and Julia were going to run away because she was with Vicious. But Vicious found out, and Julia made a decision to sort of stay and, and under, under under threat, really. Um, but there was a setup, and Vicious thinks he kills Fearless Spike, who actually didn't. He got away and started to do a new life and became a bounty hunter. So that's it. So it's coming back to sort of uh, basically this is several years later. This is what three three or four years later, and um, people are now figuring out that he's actually still alive. And his past is coming back to sort of bite him in the ass. And so the end of the story is this culmination of this love triangle of sort of like Julia is the prize, for want of a better phrase at this point. Um, and so it's going to come down to Spike versus Vicious. And so in order to sort of instigate that, Vicious kidnaps uh, Jet's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go and have this fight in the church. And then... At the end of it, it does come down to Vicious and, and Spike, but then Vicious is not killed. He's, he's sort of incapacitated by Julia, who then turns on Spike as well and yeah. shoots him and he falls through a window. So let's just talk about that element, the whole sort of... So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the, the anime version, which is just that, you know, Spike goes after Vicious and uh, kills him, and they use the exact same shot earlier mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the... Um, I mean, earlier, I mean, there's a lot of visual reference to the anime. Yes. I mean, the love is very apparent. But in the anime, uh, he he goes up the tower and it's it's not totally clear. You know, there are some problems with the narrative, but it's a sort of masterpiece of ending an anime properly. Uh, he kills uh, Vicious and then sort of stumbles out and dies on the steps. Um, I think that, you know, this obviously went a different direction. I think Julia seeing that she doesn't really want to run. I mean, she doesn't want to run away with Spike. She's mm. mu- she has a lot more agency in this. I think the acting is fine, except for mm-hmm. Vicious. I mean, I think she's fine. And it is really set up in past episodes that the syndicate will have a uh, vacuum at the top. Um that you know with vicious removed he's taken it over it is crystal clear all along that like the way this plot is going anyone could step into the throne yes. and, and and so julia you know is essentially like well i, I don't want to run away with you spike I mean, you know what are we going to do hang out on the bebop and, and fail to get any bounties and eat <laughs> ramen all day you know um no i she, you have seen her make decisions about encouraging vicious to be more vicious and encouraging him to make plays she's sort of the the classic uh woman behind the mobster sort of character Mm -hmm. at moments who nonetheless wants to escape and you know it's sort of like i'll take the escape if i can if not i'm gonna rule you know so i mean i think it's set up very well um i don't know that it's I don't know that it's satisfying the main way that I, I don't have a problem with what happens with Julia because in the, in the anime, I think she's just shot on a roof as she's fleeing. 
and then Spike goes to confront. So I think that's kind of unsatisfying, and she's not a very well-developed character in the anime. Well, she's, so she's, like, she's, literally, she's literally a prize in the anime. Yes. And, and, this, and this does a lot better job, you know, sort of post-Me Too, of giving Julia some agency. I think her narrative arc there, I, I probably like it better than the anime. I think my problem is that Spike survives. Um, and it does. It feels like that should be the closure and having him, you know, having Vicious killed by Julia instead of by him, I think is a nice twist. It, it undercuts the sort of, you know, um, Batman and the Joker going at it one final time sort of, you know, trope. But Spike surviving and then being rejected, you know, so severely by Jet Black, you know, I mean, I, I think it would have been, you know, I know it's Spike's show, but I mean, it would have been more satisfying for me if, mm. you know, Spike dies. If they'd have done this as a limited series. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I like the Julia thing. I mean, fine with a second season where Julia fights Jet Black or something and Jet's like, you know, but well, I, the Spike resolution just seems too easy. It, and, well, the, no, I agree. Weirdly, like you say, all the, I mean, all the, this is the thing, all the action in the church is actually really good like they you know this they, they take um uh jet's daughter they got him in the church so all that's cool faye turning up in her uh little one person thing and using like the the, the gatling guns throughout the, through the church window awesome looks brilliant done really well some of the fighting's good even the fighting between uh spike and vicious is all right you know it still feels like you say it, i don't know it's, it's fine um but you know, one of the things I'd say is, whenever you're going to have a sword fight, it needs to feel. Then I don't know. There's something about sword fights that need to be done in a certain way for them to be successful. I think to not feel like two actors clanging shit together. Um, I recently watched Highlander, and whilst I love that film, there's an awful lot of scenes of actors clanging shit together, and you're like, yeah, you've got no idea how to sword fight. This looks ridiculous. I don't, and I can tell. Um, and especially considering that film opens with a wrestling match of fake fighting. So you're like, yeah, you know, that's telling you exactly how this film's going to go. Different story. Anyway, that all looks fine. And then you say, like, Julia intervening. Again, I'm happy with that. Again, I think it's a great moment as she sort of shoots Vicious and doesn't kill him. This idea of, like, she's, no, you know, she's, you said this, this. <sighs> Has it been a build up, though, to this moment? So she then shows a callousness in shooting Spike. Because she's like, you didn't come for me. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And he's like, well, I sort of couldn't because I thought I was dead. You know? And so with the callousness with which she shoots him, I'm like, well, that comes out of nowhere for me. This idea of her manipulating things to sort of become the ruler of the syndicate, I get. Like You've seen elements of that. You've seen flashes of it in the past, like you say, of her manipulating things or you know, nudging things in a certain way. Like she's not the master manipulator. Like she's not that. She's an opportunist. And so you when you get to the end of the film, you're like, she, sorry, the end of the show, but like, this is the opportunity. Like you say, run away or have control and power. I think I want to go control and power. So I get that. But then just to callously shoot Spike through the window feels a bit out of character, like feels out of nowhere. So I was like, eh, that, that didn't work for me. Like she should at least show some remorse. Like, you know, I understand 
why but like you 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 know i can't have you 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 are going to be a distraction from what i now want so i've got to kill you sort of thing i'm sorry but it, I don't know, that didn't work and then they have the scene of him going through the window and i absolutely det- that that scene <laughs> of him going down with the glass and the the music choices and everything is wrong like it's yeah. all awful um yeah, I've However, seen a lot worse, but yeah, it, it's not a strain. Yeah. No, it's 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 not good. But for him to then be rejected, like I say, to return, you never see him hit the floor. You never you just see him fall, and then it cuts to this thing of of Faye like packing up her room and all this other stuff, and it's the band getting disbanded. Like, and the next time you see Spike, he's just walking along the quay, mm. and I'm like, hang yeah. on, like, did you fall in the water? Did you? So how how did you survive? Like you know, it feels so disjointed. It feels almost like they filmed multiple endings, <laughs> and they've gone right. Let's just leave that blank, and then we will pick one when we get there. Um, I don't know. It just like you say, it's so unsatisfying that bit. But then when he gets rejected by Jet because he now knows he's a mobster and stuff, like I kind of like that moment. But the transition from this all, all this stuff in the church that's trying to be really stylized to that last moment is so jarring that it sort of neither of them feel good. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, I mean, I like this overall better than you do. I mean, I'm used to, you know, I think we're both used to, you know, climaxes where we hate the climax of the movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't even care, you know, like... This is only necessary because of some dumb MacGuffin plot device. And I'm just going to tune out until we get to the Dana one. Hopefully it has something interesting. I like the climax here. I agree mm. with you that basically, I, mean, I want to come back to her shooting him, but basically that fall and everything after it, get rid of all of that yeah. is not working. That should be the end. You know, I, I mean, I agree with you. Even Jet Black rejecting him, feels forced to me it's good acting I, I mean i you know i like some of the character stuff that's going on there but i feel like he's put up with so much you know yeah. and it seems like his real objection is that you lied to me about this but he's you know they lie to each other all and conceal from each other all the time mm. um you know it's like jet black hasn't said oh by the way they think that i'm a, a cop killer i mean they don't talk about that. Maybe Spike knows that, but mm. they don't talk about that stuff. It, it seems like he'd be able to forgive him or at least have yeah. a more civilized conversation. See, I, I, for me, I felt that moment was more about your lying has impacted and hurt my family. Mm. Yeah. And that was more where he was sore. Like, yeah, if it had just been them, like the Bebop crew, I think there had there would have been, you know yeah you're a dick and i'm angry at you but i can forgive you but the fact his daughter got involved and was kidnapped by vicious it's like a line being crossed for 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 jet so what's fascinating to me is that you're a dad and (laughs) that makes sense to you right so you see that where i'm like oh oh yeah like that kind of occurs to me as like a little glimmer but i'm like it's not mentioned in the scene so i'm just like that plot's been resolved that's subtext it's not there in the text. i've had a lot of meaningless self-deluded relationships so i'm gonna come back to my insight julia shooting him mm. makes me think you know 
they didn't have what you thought that you had, Spike. Like, yeah. the reason why it feels superficial in episode nine is because she just wants out. It's not that she really is madly in love with Spike. Spike has she's obviously been seduced by her. He, he cares for her enough that he wants out. He wants out anyway, but mm. he wants to escape with her. She just wants to escape. She was never that into you, buddy. And... So I, to me, her shooting him, you know, it made me think, oh, not only was that a long time ago and Spike just left her basically to be, you know, imprisoned and scared every day of her life under this mm. old guy, but she, he was always a means to an end. It's not that she mm. didn't have feelings for him, but she was in a horrible situation. And so, you know, I... You know, and I grant this is not there in the text either, but I sort of can understand that that move. I wish there were more underlining both of these interpretations. Yeah, no, I, in fact, I, I see the point you're making, and I actually kind of like it. This idea that between them, because they haven't seen each other for years, like you know, and they've they've almost romanticized this fantasy sort of like you know, the love isn't the he doesn't really love Julia. He loves this romanticized version of her that he has in his head that's built up over, over several years and she doesn't really love uh, spike she's romanticized him as her way out that he will be the person that comes and saves her and then sort of when he does turn up there's this realization of like i don't actually need you anymore i uh, i think i've developed myself to a point where i'm able to sort this out myself and so yeah so i can see that now you've explained it that sounds like that actually makes a lot more sense um and would probably work better if i were to watch it again but like a few sentences in terms of i mean both of us have good interpretations here i'd love if jet has just one sentence where it's like you know dude my kid was involved this time you know? yeah one sentence like that would do amazing similarly you know a couple sentences by julia just outlining this interpret it is amazing how well that would help this, this mm -hmm. It would crystallise it that a little bit more, wouldn't it? But saying that, like those things, like that, I think it epitomises the show for me. Like that's the thing. It's like it is swinging for the fences in many cases. Um, but you know, and I'd, I'd even say that it's it's fifty fifty for hits and misses in many ways. But there's still this thing of sort of even some of the hits in some areas don't match with the hits in other areas and so there's sort of this disjointedness about the show in that i way. just um what do you mean by the hits don't match? like they're different tones or yeah, yeah exactly that so for example yeah like you say there are moments when i'm like this moment's working because it's really funny like you know but that's not matching to the tone or something that they're trying to say even in the same episode of like they're trying to do this and I'm liking that moment, and I'm liking this. Is what I'm saying, like this moment to moment, I'm liking that moment, that scene, that moment, whatever. And I'm liking this moment, but they're very different, <laughs> and they don't quite gel together. And so, moment to moment, I'm liking things in this, but when it all puts together as a whole, it's not. You know, it doesn't taste great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like if you make a cake, I'm like, oh, these taste good, and these taste good, but you put them together, right. it tastes like crap. I love curry and I love chocolate ice cream. Not exactly. good in the same bowl. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. And there are 
stories, there are movies that bother me for exactly that. Mm. Uh, and that I think do a much worse job of mm. having weird tonal differences. I mean, you know, we'll talk about Michael Bay at some future point. <laughs> I mean, there are weird tonal differences where it's like, this is a comedy to you, but yeah. now yeah. it's gently serious. I mean, but I also feel like those kinds of tonal shifts are more and more common. Um, you know, you weren't supposed to do those in the 1980s. And, you know, mm. like movies from the 80s and earlier don't have those kinds of weird tonal shifts. You know, you get into the 90s and they happen a little. You get into the 2000s and it's it's much more. I mean, even in stuff like The Matrix, you know. And mm. by the time you get to the 2010s, I'm just like, I guess this is how we're making movies now, <laughs> you know. So I'm a little more accommodating of those. I think even, you know, Marvel movies have those. those oh, things. no, I agree. Yeah, so yeah, I, I agree I, with that. I'm, I'm not, I guess I've become inert to them to a certain degree that I'm just not as, I'm not as thrown out. It's not like they have a single subject where they're laughing about like, a girl dying who they're trying to rescue and then a minute later are are sacrificing themselves to save her life or something. Um, no, no, it's not that drastic. I mean, it's not Thor Ragnarok. You know, it's not sort of like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's the best of the Thor movies, so, you know. Yeah, and that's not great. I, 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 I can't stand Thor Ragnarok, but for that very reason, like, that idea, and yeah, I, I don't know, I may have just confessed something that's going <laughs> to hang around me, but... Um, yeah, that's the example where they, they continually undercut moments or cuts from one thing to the next. And, you know, I don't feel the tones match and it's sort of like the state, which means the stakes don't matter and so on and so forth. Like, I, Bebop is better than that by a long shot. Um, you know, and even so, I'd say talking this through, I'm actually sad this doesn't get a second series. Mm-hmm. Because I do think once this stepped out of the shadow of the anime, I think this show would have become its own. You know, it would still have had the essence of what it was, of what the anime was, and if it, if it had kept that essence in it, but could have done its own thing, and could have become something very interesting. I think that, I think that I agree with you. I, I'm sure we'll return to that, but I, I like the point about Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> and I like the comparison there because, I mean, I would say Thor Ragnarok is in the top three maybe four mcu movies made um not a high not a high bar um <laughs> having said that it's you know like a like a piece of ice cream with sprinkles on top that adds up to absolutely nothing and it's delightful i you know but i cannot remember most of the plot you know i'm just like yeah that was entertaining that was fun can't tell you really anything about it um but it's a bit of entertaining fluff and, and, and works for me on that level. But it, it has those sort of quips. It's just trying to be quippy and fun and a bit of mindless fluff entertainment. Um, you know, it probably does have moments where it pivots to seriousness. I couldn't tell you. You know, I'm 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 busy staring at the, mm. the scenery and going like, that's a Kirby-esque line. You know, <laughs> I, I don't care. But this has... You know, it's an interesting comparison because this has a lot of the same sort of like quippiness, a lot of the same sort of fun, sort of, you know, these are down and out characters I love in both the anime and in the the 
live action that they can't seem to ever get a bounty. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. they, these are losers and they lose yeah. over and over again. And the way they win is like surviving. Mm. Um, and I quite love that about Cowboy Bebop. But, you know, the quippiness here is less important. It's subdued compared to Ragnarok. It works for you or it doesn't. But this has, you know, in comparison, like, 30%, 40% of its DNA is this sense of guilt and this, you know, film noir sort of stuff. Uh, and the other 60% is, you know, quips and coolness and, you know, explode, explodey, you know, mm-hmm. fun stuff, um, which works for you or it doesn't. You know, both of them do work for you or it doesn't. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that, I think that yeah, you know, we're not that far apart on this. Uh, no, I, I just think I, just, I can't imagine it, only fifty percent of it working for you. I mean, I'd say, <laughs> you know, it may be something. That, maybe something I come back to later and think differently. But to me, uh, the, the, another comparison I would make to keep it in the Netflix realm is mm-hmm. Umbrella is the Umbrella Academy. I haven't seen that. But. Uh, so the Umbrella Academy is uh, it's based on um, a comic. Uh, by Gerard Way and I forget the artist. Apologies, um, but the 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 idea is that um, o- on one day, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of women across the world not only became pregnant but also gave birth within a sort of like hours, and the 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 children of these women have superpowers, and this professor adopts I think like seven or eight of them. Um, and makes them makes them become the Umbrella Academy. It's like a, it's like a it's a um, a you know like a satire of the X Men kind of thing. Um, and when they get older, like they end up using those skills for different things. Like you know, um, there's one that says I can't remember the characters. I've seen the shows, but I can't remember. But one says like you know, I've heard a rumor, and in doing so, you sort of like she will how you know she's able to control you, but whatever she says, you will do. One has an ape body and is super strong and all this other stuff. And like that show has probably got le- no, I would say it's got less themes because it has this idea of sort of like you know, um, you know what what it is to sort of have a sort of a neglectful parent and to be sort of as an outcast and how you sort of have to adapt and and it has all those sort of themes in it and it's got some great actors you know actors in it. Um, but then it has this craziness, like the whole tone. There's like time travel and um, uh, all these different characters are really bizarre and really so. They, they, it leans into the wacky, but it also has some really heartfelt moments that are really played out well. And I really enjoy that show. I think it's really, really well done. But that's a show that's sort of like it's not going for anything other than like, oh, we know we know this is a bit weird and. A bit like with Bebop, like you're either on the train or you're not, and we don't care. And I'll be interested for you to see that, to watch that, and go, why has that got three seasons and this has only had one? Because people are stupid. <laughs> well, no, because that's a good show. I think it's, there's parts you'd like that. You know, it's a good. It's got it's, it's got some really good elements in. Like you know, um, the first season is very much about like of the seven kids or whatever, seven be eight. There's one that always has to take this drug, and they're always told, "Oh, you don't have superpowers." It turns out she's actually the most powerful, but she 
they know that she wouldn't be able to control them and all this other stuff. It's, it's, I mean, it's I, 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 I haven't seen I might love it. I might hate it. But I mean, like, mm. look, Ghost Hunters has over 20 seasons. OK, that makes me want to put a gun <laughs> to my head this yeah, moment and true. perforate my brain. Um, yeah. Supernatural you know. had 15. So. <laughs> yes. My God. So, <laughs> look, you know, but I mean, I think that, you know, what you said about this, this Netflix, Netflix Cowboy Bebop swinging for the fences mm. fuck right man like i love that and and i i would rather something swing for the fences and to me it's got maybe a 70 percent hit rate you know for you it might be 50 but if i'm looking at those misses or the you know that i might judge a miss not all misses are alike not all of them mm. fall on their face but you know misses some of them near misses whatever and i think I see what you were going for there. I'm still kind of entertained by it. I'm not as charmed as I should be, but you know, that you know, kudos to you, you know, brother, for doing this. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, you know, for me, that's that's a good show. I don't mm -hmm. need everything to hit. I don't expect everything to hit. No, and I agree. Like, I'm not expecting perfect. And I think I think part of it does come down to disappointment. Like again, like you've said, you know, you said that there's a polarizing thing. Those that have enjoyed the anime in the past, you know, come to this with baggage. And I definitely come to this with baggage. Like I'd seen the anime first, I've seen it a few times, I enjoy it. So I definitely came with baggage, and I think that does play a factor. Um, and I, so I think that contributes to it. Because I am willing to let things go. Like you sort of said, one of the shows I also mentioned was Happy, which is a Netflix show as well. And I enjoy both seasons of that. And I fully acknowledge that there's stuff in that show that doesn't work. <laughs> and it's weird. And it's sort of got a hit rate that's not great. But I'm sort of coming to that with a different attitude as well. Like I let that, I'll probably, I'd probably forgive that for things I wouldn't forgive this for. And I don't, I'm not always entirely sure why. And I'm a defender of that. I mean, I, I watched both seasons. I enjoyed mm. I watched them coming out live, you know, like I yeah. did yard them and enjoy them. And you're right. That's I mean, to me, that's got a lower hit rate than Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and it's got a different vibe. Like it's more adult. It's more sort of like, oh, my God, I can't believe Santa Claus is putting a grenade in his, his ass. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's more that kind of wow. They went for that. Um, Preacher had some of the same thing, the, the AMC series. Preacher, you know, I loved. I loved Preacher, and uh, and that I don't know what the hit rate is on that either. I mean, you know, probably higher than Happy, but but mm. not by all that much. Um, but you know, curiously, the stuff that was both of those shows departed from the comic very severely, yeah. and it struck me that the stuff that I liked most in the Preacher adaptation was was the stuff that was new. Mm -hmm. um, and the stuff that I felt didn't quite work was where they were staying faithful. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it's curious to me that, I mean, I would say that, you know, I mean, I, I like the anime. I didn't come into the live action having seen the whole anime. I'd seen very, very little of it. And it was actually, I was actually watching them simultaneously and back and forth and, and whatever. Um, but I would say that, you know, to me, I think it's kind of objective that the Cowboy Bebop live action has a higher hit rate than Happy does. I don't know if I can agree with that. <laughs> there are whole episodes of Happy where it's got like a couple gags that work and everything else is groan worthy. But I kind of go like, I'm still, I'm glad you went for it, buddy. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I enjoyed Happy more than I enjoyed Bebop. Now, what there is something you make is a very good point about pun uh, about a uh, preacher because that does. I love that series. I think that series was fantastic. I think all four seasons are really well done. I think the cast are great. Um, and again, I think that swung for the fences. It tried for something, and it was. And the boys, the boys is another good example where they're doing something. It's not the comic. They are doing something very different. Um, not very different. Like it's still in tone and all this other stuff, but it's still a different thing, and it works. I've read the comics, and I'm not. So, and this comes to this idea of adaptation, especially when it comes to shows rather than say a film. You you know there are TV shows. I think again, Bebop could have looked at those and probably learnt and gone. We're going to lean a little. We're going to do something a bit more different. Like let's not try and wrap up Spike's story in the first ten episodes. Let's maybe ex- let's maybe you know pepper that in, but let's go for something different in the first ten episodes. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do my thing of trying to fix it. But I'm saying like. <laughs> What, the, the, literally the shows we have just spoken about you know happy preacher um the boys even umbrella academy have have, have distanced them not distanced themselves they've they've veered away from the comic content but kept the essence and kept a certain tone and things and because of that they work as an adaptation they've gone you've got the comics and you love the comics we're going to do something we're not going to be sl- you know, slavish to them we're going to do our thing hmm. because we're a tv show and we're going to do a different tv show and i think that's why it seems to have worked. Well, I mean, I think that Cowboy Bebop was a sort of catch-22, where, mm-hmm. you know, this is very close to the anime. I, I think that it improves on the anime in, in certain objective respects. It, you know, ground, it grounds the through line, which winds up being the climax of Vicious and, and you know, all yeah, of yeah. that, you know, and Julia from the beginning. I would do it a little, you know, I would do it a little differently obviously you know i don't like that the rose shots work a lot better in the anime than they do in in real life um but i mean i I think there are things that it does well it's because of that it is always playing a dangerous game with the sort of episodic uh Mm. episodes having some kind of continuing content that's always a difficult thing for me in in you know, more episodic television that's still got the the through line, the continuing plots. But, you know, think of, if this departed more, I mean, there are people mad, for God's sake, that Jet Black is a black dude. Right? I mean, there are people mad about yeah. that. I can't yeah. imagine, like, like he's, he's, you know, they, I mean, I would not be upset if he got an Emmy for this performance. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's great work. Mm-hmm. He steals the show. I mean, people are mad that they're that they're older. People are mad that, like, you know, uh, Radical Lead is it, it doesn't have a bigger part. You know, I mean, people are mad about everything. Can you imagine if they had departed more? I mean, I think it's a sort of catch twenty two where this is like for the audience of Cowboy Bebop, mm. this is like Watchmen, where yes, you know, it's a sacred text, and any way that you depart is going to have legions of you know social media people angry at you um and i think that they wove a good line i think that this is close to you know how i would do it Mm -hmm. i i don't know about that ending i don't know you know i mean i'd be happy with a season two just as Mm. you know but but my attitude is 
it's a new thing. And adaptation is a new thing. It's got to make different choices. Some are more faithful than others. I think this makes smart choices in the adaptation. I don't think all of those choices due to the way it's shot or, or Vicious's performance or whatever are successful. But I like those choices and they, if anything, inform the original show to me rather than distract from it. Hmm. Uh, I see what you're saying. I'm like, no, no, I do, I, I do agree to an extent. I can see. Like, you know, you've said about its hit rate and this thing about adaptation. Like, you're right. You're right. It was Cash 22. Like, this show is never going to win. And which makes then ask, why bother? Um, um, but then why bother with any adaptation? That's the, that's the other thing. Um, but I do seem to think, I, I was. I've, you look at this, adaptations, books books to film or books to television, books to live action, comics to live action, work better as an adaptation style because you, you're not, um, in many cases, sort of, clinging to specific things you know what i mean like say uh let me try an example so with a book you know you've only ever had the version of the character that exists in your head like he's got certain parameters that exist but you know for me like sharp richard you know sharp from the the bernard cornwell books in the in the books he's sort of like you know he's six foot he's got jet black hair he's just, and then you see um sean bean playing him and he's also meant to be he's from essex in the books as well and then you see Sean Bean playing him. He's like still tall, but he's got blonde hair, and he's from Sheffield, like which is the other end of the well, you know halfway up the country. Um, and at first, people were were like, you know, well, well there was no internet, so there was no internet rage in like ninety one. <laughs> um, there was still that thing of people were like it doesn't work, and then like, you watch it and you go, no, it does. Like it works. It's an adaptation of a book. Like the other characters are there. Like you get the feel for it. It becomes the same thing. And then they like, say. You can do that with comics. We've seen it with the MCU. Like even like the original Batman or like the '66 Batman. Like you can do variances on that, and people will go, "I get it. I know what that's doing, and I understand it." But for some reason, there are things like computer games and anime that, when you adapt them from their original source material to a TV, to a film or TV show, they come with expectations because they've seen those characters in motion. Mm-hmm. And so when those motion, those characters in motion don't appear in live action, they get it, it, it sort of it takes them out of it because they've already seen it. They've already experienced. It, they've lived it. You know, they've seen that character in motion. Um, Sonic's a really good example. I'm just going to throw this out there. So the Sonic the Hedgehog film. The sentence has never been uttered in human history. Sonic's <laughs> a really good example. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> more than more importantly, Sonic the Hedgehog the movie is a good example. That's definitely never been said. Um, but the, you, you, I don't even remember the controversy around that. They released a trailer yeah. and they, they had uh, given him more of an anthrop. You know, they'd anthropomorphized him. They'd made him look more realistic. He had like you know, he looked weird and it didn't work. Is this is an uncanny ca- valley problem. Yeah, no. yeah. And so they said, no, 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 no. The, the whole world said no. We are not having that. What is this horror show? I'm having nightmares. <laughs> yeah. From, yeah, I saw. Yeah, we had to live through the Michael Bay Turtles. We're not doing it again. Take it away. And they did. They took it away. And the version that came back looks cartoony. Like he's got the gloves and the face looks cartoony. He's got the big eyes and all this other stuff. And you go, what? So I look at it and go, why is it 
that I'm more willing to accept that that looks like a cartoon in a live action film. Oh, it's because I've seen this in motion on computer screens and as a cartoon. And so I'm now my head, my eyes looking at that and going, I'm seeing it in the live action film now. I recognize it and I'm happy with it. And I wonder if that plays out more. Like, you know, we can do variations on Batman and we're quite fine with that. But you do a variation on Sonic and everyone goes, oh, no, 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 screw to that. Not happening. I don't know well, if there's something I mean, about You that. know, here again, I return to my point that people are stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, at the end of, you know, I think you're right. Listeners love you. Just seeing yes, listen. You, you are not stupid. Uh, <laughs> the rest of humanity is abjectly stupid for our human listeners, you know, as opposed to Tilleran. Yeah. Um, you know, you are the smart people. You will be kept alive and part of the chosen people after the aliens have done whatever Tilleran intends. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good point, Scott. I'm glad you corrected Um no, I mean, I, you know, I think you're right that we, you know, you know, especially about books versus, you know, movies. I mean, comics sort of have, you haven't seen them in motion. You've seen them on the page, right? But, I mean, then again, you have, I mean, the counterexample, I mean, you're right. But this is a problem in that audience's mind, right? Mm. That to them, it doesn't look right. Um, so what? It's the job of a director. It's the job of somebody creative to say, you know what? Fuck those people. I know what I'm doing. I have my vision. And, you know, have I thought about the way Sonic looks? Yes. We have thought about that. We've made a decision. The studio can do what they want and then change it. And it's for the better or not. And you argue it. But the point is, as a as a creative person, you've you've decided on an interpretation and hopefully decided on a visual interpretation that fits um, that fits with your overall interpretation of the story. We have, you know, we remake movies and they're not all uh, horrible. I mean, you know, Scarface is a remake, for God's sake. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with remaking a story or reinterpreting something and i think that what matters to me is is it is it a strong take is it consistent so you say yeah like if sonic is dealing with real world problems maybe we want him to you know that's a choice does this fit together as a set of choices that were made in this reinterpretation and then two does it work and for me cowboy bebop I can see the choices that it made. I, I, I understand where it, it chose to depart. I understand why it did. I feel like it's a consistent set of choices that makes sense, that is faithful to the original in a lot of respect. And where it departs, I understand where it de- why they made those choices. And those departures make sense together as a package to create this new thing. And for me, it works. Uh, you know, It works on a higher level than it does for you. And if people are upset about it, F them. Uh, You know, I love plenty of movies, comics, video games, you know. Um, You know, I am well aware that if I ever get an adaptation of those, those are going to be an adaptation that I like or I don't. But I don't get to, um, I mean, I can complain if I want, but I still have my original. I, you yeah, know, I, I get what you're saying. Every, every staging of a play, for God's sake. Everybody mm. knows that when you stage a Shakespeare play, it's a version of Shakespeare. It, 
you know, if you change the language, nobody says, oh, my God, you changed the language. Wait a minute. Now, you know, somebody's black. And so, no, no, it's Shakespeare. Of course, you're going to reinterpret it. That's what we want. Wait a minute. You said Othello in the present day. Who cares? You know, have a good interpretation. It's OK. I'm, OK, I'm ranting. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I, I see what you're saying. And I'm trying to sort of think of a counter to this. And I think there is a point. You mentioned about films being remade. You mentioned Scarface. Let's be clear. By the time Scarface came out with Al Pacino, no one had, no one who was watching that had seen the 1930s version. Right? It's like the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. The people that see that watched that, very few of them had seen the 50s version. So you get those things where you go about reinterpretation. And you're right. And it is weird. And I also agree that sort of with people, like for some reason, we have these arbitrary things. And I'm just as bad. And in fact, I'm doing it with this, where you go, I'm willing to accept an interpretation of that, but not this. And I think weirdly, there are certain, <laughs> right? I'm going to make a Doctor Who reference. <laughs> um, a lot of things are, you know, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. You can make changes, but there are key points in pop culture that i think people cling to they are unmovable and weirdly i think bebop is one of them for a certain group of people because it might have been their introductory point to anime they came across it at a certain point in their life it's been you know it's sort of um uh, taste forming or whatever this is the whole thing with watchmen you said the same you're right you, you know watchmen certain people have come to that whether you think it's a masterpiece or not came to that so any interpretation whether it be uh the Zack snyder film or the uh the tv show or whatever they come to that with like well it better not do this you know sort of thing however we're also more willing to then accept an interpretation or a, de a department from something else like preacher where we'll go yeah i've got the original and i'm fine with that but i'm going to watch this because it's fun i enjoy this version and that's the thing i enjoy this version batman superman like they, we've got versions of those characters like each one of them as long as there's an essence but there are certain things that seem to be not so much sacred cows but are immovable points in history you know where they go that you can't you cannot it's like the live action akira is another good example where like i i am very firmly of this thing of like when they were like oh we're gonna set it in america and keanu reeves was gonna be in it and you're like what hey you're like up until he was in his 40s and you're like no 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 like yeah, this is about kids like there are certain things in this like you know i would rather not see an, a version of this I would rather see, you know, I have the anime and the sorry, I have the manga, and the manga is different to the anime. Right. And I, you know, I'm happy if the film's going to be different, but at least try and keep the core, those core concepts. Well, and I think there's elements like that that, like, it, you know, th this, I don't know. I'm suspicious of this. I mean, because I mean, the the version of this argument that that I'm used to hearing is like about what's in the DNA, right? Like as opposed mm. to the the fixed point in time, right? Like, what's the DNA of this character? And, but then you get things where it's like, you know, uh, look, uh, James Bond is a is a white guy. You know, that's part of the DNA. Really? Why? Um, no, yeah. You know, no, you, but people that, can or make these arguments that certain things are intrinsic. Go ahead. No, but okay, I, I would say that uh, James Bond is a strawman argument because we are now working towards... Like, we've seen... We, we are... 
he's another character where we are willing to say, oh, there's a version of that. Oh, I, I prefer the Daniel Craig version to the Roger Moore version. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, did you see the Benedict Cumberbatch version? Much better than the, the um, you know, Basil Rathbone version. Like we get to this idea of, of versioning of characters. However, you say we're going to get a new version of Indiana Jones. Someone's going to hit the fucking roof. <laughs> Why is that yeah. different? Why is that it's different? It's not. It's because it, people are stupid. Yeah, you know what you're saying. I'm agreeing, but what I'm saying is some things, for some reason, in pop culture. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that this is the facts. That for some reason, some things get fixed in pop culture, well, and others uh, don't. The reason, the re, you know, the thing is, if you know, if you, the first time, you know, like, look, if you if you cast, um, you know, a woman as James Bond, or you know, uh, you know, a um, guy from India as James Bond, you were going to catch hell online. And you can mm -hmm. say that seems fine, but it seems fine to you and me. It doesn't seem uh, fine to a lot of people online who are going to be angry and pissed off. Um, so, you know, if you recast Indiana Jones, it's going to seem fine to a 12-year-old kid who didn't grow up and say, like, you know, look, if it doesn't look like those posters, it's not Indiana Jones. I mean, look, Indiana Jones has been recast. It was called the yeah. Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. You know, we, you know, we've seen Young Indiana Jones in the movies too. I mean, it's not. Yes, I know. It seems like you know, like a bigger thing, but that's because it hasn't been done yet. Once it's no. done, there's got to be the first guy who is the non Sean Connery, right? The you know, yeah, and and you do that enough, and then look at Batman. Eight million, you know, people will say like, oh, well, you know, I remember people saying, well, if it's a fun Batman, that's not Batman. Batman's dark. <laughs> well, you know, now that's become a little more uh, uh, mm. you know, available to, to say and get away with. But, you know, I mean, these things can be reinterpreted. The question shouldn't be the question shouldn't be. Um, is that OK? The question should be, is it good? Is there a vision? There? Yeah, uh, you, you are right. But here's the thing. People aren't objective. People are subjective. And this is the thing. People carry baggage. And I'm, I am going to do my thing. I'm sorry. I, I, I was trying not to do this thing. But one of the <laughs> things I'm saying in my head, you say about the key points, the DNA. The first season, let's take Preacher as a good example. The first season of Preacher is not in the books. Like It's almost like a prequel to the books. Like It has little bits of it. But it's very much, the first season is very much set up for the rest of the show. And people at first were like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they watched it and were like, oh, okay, I sort of see what you're doing. Like, but you're not really touching anything that we care about. So I'm not so concerned about this. So they sort of bought into the characters before they took them through the books. Do you know what I mean? And so I think one of the things that this, this has done has taken, as you said, people, this is a bit of a sacred cow for some reason. And, there are certain iconography that they sort of see. You said about the picture of like the images of Spike as cool and that thing in the church at the end. I think the mistake this made was addressing that in the first season. Mm. I think this should have been a 10 episode. They could have kept some of it in, as I said, peppered it with that stuff, but had 10 episodes of fun but dark, do the things, do your lafoos and do your other bits and pieces you want to do, but keep it a bit wacky and have like a climax, figure out a climax to have. 
but have 10 episodes of like we're introducing this world we're introducing these characters bringing it an ed a, a, you know radical ed at the end whatever you want to do in that final episode try it but don't try and address the heavy weighty stuff until you've got people loving the new versions of the characters i think that's the problem i think that's my my me in my head now dawning on me is this try to sell a reinterpretation of the story and a reinterpretation of the characters, and you can't do both. Oh, well, you can do both. I mean, no. every single adaptation we've ever seen does both. No, no, because it doesn't do. It doesn't always. No, it doesn't always do explicit material, does it? This yeah, carried too much. Like you know, I mean, every every Batman movie we've ever seen adapts the Batman murders of his parents. And it changes the yeah. character, and it it's changes different. exactly it's how those murders are I honestly, done. I honestly feel this is different. Why? Because it hasn't been adapted before. It has. Yes, yes. Because you've said it hasn't. There hasn't been a precedent set, and so they rushed it. And I think again, talking about the boys or talking <laughs> about preacher, this idea of leading people into it because they have this baggage, leading people into it would have made this much more of a success. But, I mean, this Save Look, the church thing for the end of season two. You you have a very good idea here, and I want to get back to that. But I want to, first of all, just say this is so close to the original. This is 95% of the original. I mean, yeah. it is it is 90%, 95%. Without a doubt, it's in that kind of range. I mean, that's a, like Zack Snyder's Watchmen is, you know, 90%. I mean, yeah, you know, I feel yeah, about that. <laughs> I know, but you know, okay. So you can argue it; it gets the tone wrong. You can argue about changing the squid at the ending, whatever you want. But my point is, like, you don't get to complain if an adaptation of something you love is ninety percent or higher. <laughs> it's not, you know, you know what I'm saying. It is, but I don't think it is. But I don't think it, it is ninety percent. No, it comes. There are certain things in this. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of, you know, examples. But there are certain things, like you say, it's it, it, a pure adaptation isn't always what what people want, and that's the thing. It's about interpret and interpretation as well. Yeah. But my point is, it has its adaptation. You're saying, all right, yeah, well, there are scenes and there are bit there are beats in here that are you know ninety five percent of the anime great, Stop but they don't shot. work. The essence of the characters are ninety yeah. percent too. Not, it's not like Robert De Niro plays you know the main <laughs> character. But I'm not complaining about the characters. If anything, I think the top three are great. You know, I have, I agree that I did actually at one point complain. I thought John Cho looks a little old for it, but I get over that. I, I you know, the re reinvention of Faye Valentine works for me. I think she's actually really good. The top yeah. three, the main billing, like the main three are great. It's not that, it's the, to me, it's the way they've crammed in the plot and done things feels too, too much. It's almost like, I don't know what, I, I'm sure it's hard to explain it's almost, it. Almost it's, like you're doing a TV miniseries. Yeah, it's but almost right. like they turned it into a TV miniseries. But then, but then there's too much. They've stripped other elements out. Then, well, but I mean, the, you've you've pretty much got to have a through line. I mean, part of yeah, part of the fine. problem. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was in. I don't. This thing about you know Spike being this thing, main thing and this whole thing with vicious and that, that sort of thing. Like, I, I get it. It just feels like it's almost like the uncanny valley of TV. Like the whole show. It's like I'm seeing it, and I'm seeing this version of it, but it's just oh. off-center for me, where I'm like, I can't get on board with this. Okay, so, I mean, this is this is different. This is the argument that, like, 
if you're going to do an adaptation and it's going to be close, like if you're, you can't be in that 90% range, right? Yes. You've got to be 98 and try to do a shot for shot remake of Psycho, or you just go like, you know, all right, you know, the first thing we're going to do is make sure that, uh, you know, Vicious is an alien with blue skin and, you know, just kind of go in your own direction. Um, and I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine with either. I, I'm just I'm OK with this. And I don't understand. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying about that kind of uncanny valley of adaptation. But I think we've seen it before and not had that reaction. Yeah, I don't. I, there's just a clunkiness to this. As I said, it's not just that. Like I said, okay, let, let me just let. If it was just that uncanny valleyness, uncanny mm. valleyness of it, yet I was taken in by the cool, or I was taken in by the humor, or I was like, like I say, moment to moment, it was still working for me. Yes, I'd be, I'd be on board because I'd be watching Preacher. If the, you know, or if like you say it was miles off. But again, I think this works it, as well as Preacher does. But okay, uh, I, this way it doesn't work as well as for me as Preacher does. I was more into Preacher, and I still think that was because you were given a run up to appreciate the characters before you had to take on too much. But with this, I think because it's, it's that for me, it's that thing of being uncanny value. It's trying to be something, but then not. But then also, I also found episode. You know, like, all right. What is it trying to be that it's not? It's trying to be, like you say, an adaptation, like that 95%, but then every now and then it will sort of pull back, which is sort of fine. But for some reason, I, I'm trying to explain it. Moment to moment, as I said, like I'm enjoying one moment, but I'm not enjoying the next. Mm. I enjoy one character, but then they're not the next. And so I think this is become this is almost like a death by a thousand cuts. You know, like, <laughs> it's not one big thing. I can't tell you like there's one big thing I yeah. dislike about this show. It, I could have gone the other way. But like, watching vicious and all that stuff with julia like i can't i can't be doing with that you know like it just doesn't work um like you say he's in a completely different show um and it just feels you know it, it just doesn't work for me there are then sort of bits of humor that i'm like you know what i'm saying um weirdly like that fight scene where where i've said like jet black is at the recital but there's the fight scene you know, that mm. works for me mm -hmm. but then the point of with with uh, spike being hung off the building and lighting the cigarette that felt like too forced cool that was like someone nudging me and telling me how cool this was like there are other moments i'm trying to, i can't you know the, the lefou in this is is a good example of sort of like it sort of works and then it goes like it's like with the clown thing it's like no no stick with the clown throughout because that sort of would have been crazy stick with that i don't need the explanation of that um those sorts I agree. Of moments. I think that's a. I think that's a weak episode. Um, yeah, and and it has and then, problems of adaptation. I do think that's a good yeah. example of, you know, uh, yeah. And then the commit to something, right? Exactly. And, and commit to last... what's going to work best, even if it's a deviation. Yeah, but but the last sort of what ten minutes of that episode are really strong. Like, yeah. I like that there's moments when they, you know they're having to do the the plan in rhyme, so they remember it better. Like, oh yeah, that's that's funny like that works for me you know and then the final sort of fight where you know where he gets uh, uh spike gets his ass handed to him and they do all that sort of stuff like again that sort of is all working for me but the first half of that episode like i really kind of struggled with for some reason um and then the flashback episode like just 
was a slog. And so oh, it's wow. that thing. That... Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I just, I think, I think this really just comes down to what works. I mean, for me, the mm. whole like thing in rhyme works less for me than it does for you. Like, mm. I think it works. It's fine. I, you know, but it's kind of like, I see what you're doing. It's clever rather than funny, you know, um, for me. But I think, mm. you know, ultimately, this is just like, comes down to like what works for each of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's all subjective. Yes. But, you know, I want I want to get to this point. I mean, for me, the episode nine, the flashback one is like, yeah, I see these faults. But, you know, I, I don't know. I've seen, so, you know, we've re- it seems to me we've reviewed probably half of the movies we've reviewed have some actor who clearly is in the wrong movie, you yeah. know, and we haven't said like, you know, I can't stand it. You know, like, I mean, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's that guy and he's, and he's every time he's in the scene, you know, I sort of think, yeah, he pulls the movie down or whatever. Um, I mean, I like what you're saying about, I'd like to see a season two. Mm. Um, you know, I'd like, I like what you're saying about kind of the idea of just sort of lead up to it. I also like the idea of just having had a different ending to this and killed off Spike and just said, look, if we get a season two, fine, but we're not going to do this thing of kind of ending on a cliffhanger Marvel style, you know, Mm. Um, you know, we're going to make this and not assume we're going to get renewed, which I always think is the smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, So I would have preferred that. But I do also understand this idea of, you know, lead into it at least it's an interpretation i think a season two is going to be if they ever did it it would be a different direction it'd be interesting and again it doesn't take anything away from the original the one thing that i'll say is if they did a season one with this cast well even if they replaced vicious with you know a shakespearean actor that you and i both love the end of season one people the same people who protested this online would say not only is this not cowboy bebop but you've thrown away the entire plot of cowboy bebop you know what is the point of a kind of prequel nonsense this isn't my cowboy bebop they'd be just as mad and and then people and then in retrospect if that were also canceled at the end of one season you and i would be saying what was the point of this why did mm. you start with the prequel and kind of never get there? Well, yeah, it didn't. It's that thing. You, you make a really good point, actually. The one point I would say is, and again, it's not that ending. Like, I have problems with that ending. Like, you know, the choice of the music with the fall and all the slow mo, that sort of doesn't work for me. I agree. I, I don't mind the build up, though. Like, the love triangle parts, like I say, whilst I'm not buying into it, I don't mind it being the story. Because it makes sense. Like I'm, there, there are elements of it I actually do like, and and you know, whenever it goes to the club and all that stuff is pretty good. As I say, like I don't think you and I are that far apart on this. Like I'm not trashing it. I'm not saying this is awful, and I'm definitely not in that thing of going, you know, this is not bebop. And it's, it's, like I say, it's interpretation, it's a version. But I'm trying to say like why for me it sort of like didn't work, and it mm-hmm. is subjective. But like, it's that thing of like you say, either commit to doing like you say a a limited series and do the story and move on and then go now we're going to do another anime and you're a bit bit Mm. like you know do you what's his face do you sort of like we're going to do um the haunting of hill house i'm going to do the haunting of blind manor like i'm going to do we're going to do cowboy bebop and then i'm going to do something else and then we're 
do that if you want, you know, like an anthology series of, of short form anime. I don't know. Um, cool. Yeah, I'd be into that, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, like you say, either that or think of a way that actually you can close off the season, but you leave it open ended. Right. And you don't sort of like, you know, if anything, blow your load all over the screen in the first 10 episodes. <laughs> I mean, this would be very cl- like. Look, I mean, I agree with you. We're actually very close. I mean, we're we're arguing at times, but yeah. we're actually like we're we're very close to each other on this. I mean, I think this would be near perfect if you recast Vicious. Mm-hmm. It, if you had if you had maybe one or two more episodes and mm-hmm. a little more money to do like LeFou right, and I mean, I do think that that was mostly a budgetary thing. You know, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, you know, if you just had a little more money to do that maybe do a couple more episodes to insert more of the episodic stuff that worked of the original tone down you know the the running plot uh a little bit you know this would be you know and and do the ending planning that it's going to be your ending whatever it is that you think is right there whether they go Mm. their separate ways or it's you know you kill off the the main character I, you know, I would say that's about a perfect show. It's about as good as you'd ever going to get in a Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation. And th- and I would say this is pretty close to that. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Like, <laughs> no, again, like I say it's not. You make a good point. One of the things actually, because I'll say we'll wrap up in a second. But one of the things you said there, which is actually really interesting, is if you added in a couple of extra episodes, three more episodes. One of the things that we complained about, or, or you know, you hear people complain about on sort of like the Marvel Netflix shows with us is filler episodes. Oh, they do filler mm-hmm. episodes. This would benefit from filler episodes. And it makes me think from when you said that, it makes me think of like the X-Files in that sense of like, yes, it had its overarching story. Nobody goes back to the X-Files to watch the overarching story because it's crap. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you go back to the X-Files to watch the Monster of the Week episodes. When everyone, anyone lists the top 10 episodes, it's the Monster of the Week episodes. And there's some fantastic ones. This needed a Bounty of the Week, a couple more Bounty of the Week episodes to get mm. you on board with the cast. And I honestly think you are right. I think that would have strengthened this show an awful lot. Well, and it would cost more money. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it involves a bigger commitment. And this, I think, kudos to netflix for doing this i mean i think this is a big commitment already but imagine if a couple of those episodes you could have um radical ed instead of shoehorn i mean i get why there's not room you've already got an ensemble cast of three people uh you know uh done very well i think better than the the anime um people are cosplaying faye you notice they cosplay faye from the live action they're not going to cosplay Faye from the anime for any number be, of reasons. Because you'd be incredibly cold. True. And, and also, it's bad enough being at a convention as a woman dressed in a skimpy clad, yeah. outfit. You know, try that one. Um, yeah. Or don't. But yeah, I mean, you could have then Radical Ed bring her in for an episode or two and then, you know, have her. Li- that episode that introduces Radical Ed is a great episode of the anime. You could mm. adapt that and then have a, yeah, I'm hanging around with you, but you can, you know. Yeah, so I agree with you. And I think that that would be, that would be more satisfying. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, it, it's not far off. It's, yeah, but well, because, will, will you return to this? 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that there's a second season. I don't know when I'd go back and watch this, but I would not be surprised if I do. Um, mm. It might be an episode here or there. Um, mm. You would not. Would you go back if there were a second season? Would you yes. watch the season two? I would give it another go, definitely. Yeah. Fair Without enough. That's and, that, and, that's, and that's because, as I say, I've seen shows that mm. have stumbled in their first season to then go on to be really, really good. Well, so I, I wanted to make a, the, just a couple points before we go. One is about how the original is so uh, trans friendly. Um, mm. And it has radical Ed, who's Ed, but is a girl. And nobody's concerned about that. That's yeah. not an issue. And then you have uh, a two-parter in the middle where um, Spike has a friend who, you know, was like in the war with him. And he's like been exposed to the substance that he has breasts and is this femme fatale in this area that that has no women. And as problematic as that might be with not having wanted this, um, it's not a thing. Nobody, nobody makes a, it's like, all right, little, little, you know, mama's boy or nobody does goes to those places. And those characters all get cut from this version. What they substitute instead is Faye being a lesbian and, you know, not Mm. only not being into the guys, not being a love interest, unlike the, you know, uh, the main plot. Um, but just, I love the fact that they did that. I think this version of Faye is better for it. Uh, the, the stuff with the mom works very well. And that, you know, while I, I like that those trans, that trans history in the original show, I like that they are doing other stuff that is progressive and working. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, um, I definitely agree with Faye being an interesting character in the sort of the way they um, they treat her in this. Give her more a bit more, like you say, not much agency because she got agency in the anime, but like, yeah, she's she's definitely more well rounded. I'd say in this um, this version, um, and I, I think like yeah, she, she becomes. I, I like one of the bits I do like is there's an episode when they're trying to be tr- tracking down specific um, bounties and it becomes a sort of like the connection episode between Spike and Faye. You know, they, it's almost like that bit in Jaws when they're comparing scars and they start comparing bounties and stuff. And like, again, like moments like that are good, you know, and it works. Um, and then, you know, but then there's also the fact that like we have people turn being turned into trees and, and, and that that mm. episode is a bit is is to me was all was a bit clunky and a bit sort of like and that, again it's that sort of thing of going moment to moment where I'm like oh, I'm liking what they're doing with this but that is just is grating on me but yeah I agree I, I completely agree with what you're saying and, and I think like I do you know I, I don't as I said I don't dislike this enough to not want more like if they did a season two I would most definitely watch it um, and. I think there's potential there to do something and be really, really fun. But I, I don't think we'll get anymore. Well, uh, you know, just to, let's, let's see how far apart we are. Uh, if you had to rate this on a scale of 1 to 10. Think about what we did for the season wrap-up. I haven't got my, I haven't got my things any met anymore, have I? 
I've ripped them up. Well, um, my paper with my numbers on. I've yeah. have, to, I have to remember them. Um, so five was like mayor, six was average, seven's good, eight was very good, nine was excellent, ten was perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think of it as like five is mass, six is six is fine, mm. you know. Seven is good, eight is great. I'd give it a six, and I give it a seven. Yeah. So we're not that close. Like we're not that far. Like no. it's fine. It's yeah. not. It, it's not legit good. Yeah. Definitely not great. And I think it's good. It's definitely not great. It's got issues. But it's better than, nah, it's just fine. This is one of those shows where I say, I see that, again, like you said, I see what they're doing, I see the quibbles, but I do, I think, like, you give this the chance to breathe, I'd be giving this a mm. seven and a half. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a version of this that would be, like, a seven and a half and eight, you know? Yeah. That, like, give it a little more room, edit it better, mm. you know? I mean, I think a lot of these episodes, a little bit of editing could just tone down the sort of, like, vicious stuff, I mean, even like the tree stuff, what mostly doesn't work is the special effects aren't quite there. I mean, I'll, the, you know, another round of edits and maybe, you know, enough money to do like one more episode worth of stuff. Would be amazing the difference that could make. Yeah. 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 I, I hope that they don't see this. They say it's being canceled. Let's see what happens. Um, you know, Netflix is, rather, is, is incredibly ruthless at the moment because they've got to maintain you know, new content is how they how they thrive. So they need the successful stuff. Well, all I know is that this Netflix series ruined my childhood. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm so angry at new content based on the stuff that I like. <laughs> I don't understand this. I'm in a weird universe. Right? I don't yeah. get it. Considering, considering, I say, I literally came back from sort of seeing Spider-Man No Way Home last night, which is all about. The nostalgia trip, like you know, this interpretation, it's a bizarre balancing act between fan service and satisfying that nostalgia and wrecking people's childhood. But nothing is wrecking your childhood, man. Like if if there's a Ghostbusters in which you love Ghostbusters, uh, mm-hmm. I love Transformers. Mm-hmm. There's a Ghostbusters in which the Ghostbusters are in a uh, you know um, battle royale, brutally murdering each other, you know. I mean, you would probably not like that. Probably think it veers away from the DNA yeah. of Ghostbusters way too much. <laughs> Having said that, it doesn't ruin your childhood. It's not destroying those memories of the Ghostbusters. No, no, no. I, I, I agree. I've never felt like that. Like, you know, <laughs> and I agree with the sentiment. Like, I've never watched something and gone, yeah, this is retrospectively ruined the thing I liked before. Like, I don't understand that, like, you know. This thing when people go, well, this just goes, but this this makes the previous film worse. I'm like, how? Like, I don't understand that, <laughs> that sentiment. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Anyway, we, we shall wrap up there. This has been well, a bonus episode been for you. Fascinating. So. We we it have has. we've gone at it, and but I think it's an interrogation of these issues mm. of adaptation and what works for somebody and what doesn't, and how we can kind of like come at things and be very close, but still sort of like fall on one side or the other very yeah. passionately, but at the end of the day, still have seen the same thing. Yeah. Next, on the next episode, we'll be doing He-Man Revelations. <laughs> I which, quite like that. And <laughs> which, was a, which, was a, which was another one I think you and I sort of felt. Yeah. Again, I, you know, I'm, we, we've run out of yeah. time and we will talk about off air, but anyway, 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to go through the full spiel because uh, we've gone on, and this is a Christmas bonus episode. So what I will say is um, thank you very, very much for listening. And, uh, you know, the season three is continuing. We've got our bonus stuff coming up soon. So enjoy Christmas. Stay safe. Have a very Merry Christmas. And uh, we will talk to you uh, in 2022.